T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tamar DeRozan, one-on-one coverage with McDaniels with the spin. Shakes, bakes, and he's fouled as he throws it near the rim. Counted and the foul. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is Tamar DeRozan. That's Chuck Swirsky right here on the score. Calling a big time play by DeMar DeRozan of the Chicago Bulls. What's going on? It's Mark Rody here with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, despite that recent little blip for the Bulls, we'll call it that, um, where they lost, what, three out of four or something like that, and things were looking a little bit exposed. The Bulls have held things together pretty well, and they're they're in really good shape right now. Early in the season, the Bulls, 14-8. and eight, They all of a sudden are second in the Eastern Conference, and they were like, fifth last week so yeah things change early in a season and and how they will probably be jockeying quite a bit in the eastern conference but the bulls right now are are second in the eastern conference they are a game and a half back of of brooklyn so that's the way it lines up right now in the eastern conference the bulls will be at the knicks by the way thursday which would be tomorrow so bulls knicks on the score tomorrow the the bulls 113 119 win over Charlotte the other night may have contained the most important thing that we have seen this year out of the Chicago Bulls. And it it actually happened maybe faster than people were thinking it was going to, considering how bad things had been. And that was Nikola Vucevic scoring 30 points uh, the other night. Um, Nikola Vucevic has been off so far this year. But to me, and I've said it multiple times, I was never worried about him figuring things out. I am or was worried, am still worried to some degree about Kobe White. I think he's going to be okay in terms of his fit, but of course he's going to be out for a second. Um, so, like, I, but I did not work. Like, Vucevic is a all star. He is a veteran. He is still on the upside of his career. He was going to figure it out, and I don't know that that means that that's it. They're they're rolling now. They're going to be fine. They've got four stars, potential stars on their team, and the chemistry is there. And you could you can count Vucevic in, not necessarily, but look, he made his shots. And the biggest problem is that he's been missing shots. That's been the biggest thing. And if you do believe, like I do, that Vucevic is still at the peak of his powers, he still is. It may start to. Slow 
slide soon and fast, but he's still at the peak of his powers that I never thought that Vucevic was going to be a problem um, at all. You agree with me on that, Mr. Brian Callahan, our producer for tonight, as we bring him in here. Are are you with me on Vuce or you need to see a lot more? Uh, I mean, that was kind of a vintage Orlando Magic Vucevic sort of game. Uh, You know, just him actually getting the touches, being more involved in the offense. I know Billy Donovan had commented, uh, I think it was the game prior to uh, this one, uh, post-game, just about getting Vooch touches, getting him involved in the offense is going to be key, and he as a coach had to do a better job of that, and it, it definitely showed last night. I think 133 points scored was the uh, season high for the team, so I mean, in terms of an offensive performance, it was, uh, it was yeah, that's about as good as you're going to get yeah it was pretty immaculate against a by the way a pretty good charlotte team too a team that's that's going to be around with a lot of these teams like the team that they will play tomorrow night against the the new york knicks so let me ask you this brian callahan new one of the new producers here at the score is is bulls is that is that your first we all have a first love in chicago sports is is bulls is that yours i mean i grew up in the in the 90s and michael <laughs> jordan was king so yeah. even though I actually grew up uh, in North Central Indiana. I was still the Bulls. Like, okay. you know, Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, that team was kind of my team. And, I mean, yeah, that's that's my first love. I love the Bears, too. I'm a Cubs fan. But, uh, yeah, Bulls is kind of where it all where it all started for me. Yeah, okay, so you answered the other one. You're a Cubs fan? You're a Cubs guy? Mm, North Cubs? Side guy. Okay. I know that there's a lot of Sox fans around here, so... Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, okay, all right. All right, I d- I'm just trying to get a little feel for you, man, a little bit. I, do you? Okay, great. Live in the city, from the suburbs. Uh, what's, what's your coordinates? So I currently live in the city. I'm in uh, the, the northwest uh, side of town, Okay. so uh, a little northwest of Logan Square. All right, and, I yeah, know it, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Are you from the city of Chicago proper, or the suburbs, or another? St- oh no, you said you're from. Yeah, Indiana. I grew up in North Central yeah. Indiana, but I got family from the South Side of Chicago, and my mom grew up in Hammond. So, okay. You know, there's 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 some Chicago roots there. Okay. All right. All right. Just just a little. I'm not going to empty it all out on you here. I, maybe there, I got. Maybe other- there's going to be some more mysterious Brian tidbits that'll come out over the next <laughs> yeah. over the next weeks, months. Who knows? Yeah. Well, actually, the other one that we was revealed and broken on the Rose and Bloom and Grow show is that your most previous I don't know it's your most previous job but you used to you used to sell pot you used to this guy used to deal drugs legally yeah you know sometimes uh you gotta you gotta make ends meet no, no it was, it was uh it was you worked actually, at a dispensary we yeah, should make was, that very clear <laughs> it was a very it was a fun gig I uh I was ordained on the show by uh, Rosie as uh, Bong Callahan. So anytime <laughs> yes, on Saturday suckage, uh, that's uh, that's going to be coming out. You you already know that. Yep, yep. Oh yeah. No, I just leave it up to Stevie Sunshine to give the, to decipher the nicknames and or distribute the nicknames, I should say. And uh, Bong Callahan fits in well with the things that go on on Saturday morning, seemingly with our with our listeners, but. Uh, but yeah, you okay? So you you do it, you did it the right way when it come to came to selling drugs. So if people have, you know, so that opens up another whole thing for the text line. If you got, yeah, if you've got questions about hybrids and uh, indicas and things like that, Brian Callahan, look at you throwing around the lingo. Oh, I just heard that. I just read that. That's just jokes. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's out and about. Because I'm sure you might have questions about things that all of a sudden are like out in the open and there's like a menu and you can get millions of things however you want it and it's like wait and and nobody cares nobody is watching your back so it's got to be a little intimidating hey if you want to talk terpenes i'm your guy see i don't know what that means but somebody listening right now 100 percent absolutely knows what that is that is all about um the other part of this too which game are you guys at brian you guys because uh mitch rosen uh speaking of him feel free hey feel free to stop by um he, he invited all of the producers to the score suite it was like producers night right yeah monday night uh got the uh got a couple of balls on the court that is lonzo and Lamelo. that's and right the producers in the suite so uh yes that was uh that was a lot of uh that was a lot of fun it had a full-on buffet open bar yeah. you know it was uh and uh, some pretty good entertainment there on the court. Absolutely, yeah, I enjoyed the the Lonzo versus Lonzo. Um, how about the like? Speaking of Lonzo Ball, so far, well, I guess you, you could say that about two different guys, Lonzo Ball and Demar Derozan. How about like two pickups by a Chicago sports team that instantly work? That instantly make your team better. All of a sudden, been crying about not having a point guard forever for the Bulls. Lonzo Ball comes in, and it's like, oh, my God, a point guard. And he acts like a point guard. And look at he drains threes, too. That's pretty cool. And then DeMar DeRozan starts the season off like like an MVP, and, like, he's got something to prove. Like, it's just perfect that that these guys, both of these guys, Brian, have worked. Yeah, and, and and frankly, the the Lonzo stuff. Uh, obviously, you know about the the tampering investigation that the NBA was doing on the yes, Miami Heat. Yes, I and mentioned Chicago that. You know Bulls. why? Because I don't care. But but <laughs> go on. But it, it really only cost them a second round pick yeah, to tamper. That's why I don't care. Yeah. So it's like you, those things can be bought for like a couple million bucks. So just buy it from another team. It, yeah. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and then really somebody like I saw some of the arguments. Um, with people that agree with me, and I think you, Brian, that like, okay, look, it's something. You're giving up something. One would much rather have a second-round pick than not, but there's not usually a whole lot there in the second round. I mean, you can get the same value usually in free, you know, rookie free agents as you can in the second round. What I was going to say, though, is immediately people will shoot back, and I get it. Io DeSumo, a second-round pick for the Bulls, has been very good this year. Well, and it's there's arguments that maybe he should have been a, a first round. Yeah, pick. that so too. Definitely that at too. that level of talent. Yeah, exactly. So, of course, there are going to be examples of what Draymond Green, right? He's isn't wasn't he a second round pick? Uh, him, um, Gilbert Arenas, who had a long successful oh, yeah. career, Manu Ginobili. Oh yeah, a lot of international players. Uh, you know, you kind of take a flyer on them in the second round. Exactly. So that that's I mean it it happens. It's worth having. But I when I heard that news, I was just like, okay. That's it's kind of sucks, but all right. Right. I mean, it's kind of a slap on the wrist. I, I was thinking that, you know, they may just find the organization, but, you know, uh, it's a loss of a draft pick. And like I said, these things can be bought for a couple million dollars. So, yeah. you know, yes. it's it's not yeah. that big of a deal. If they have someone in mind, they, they'll pay for it. Yeah. Um. So where were you with when DeMar DeRozan was signed by the Bulls? What was your stance then? And where are you now? Maybe it's the same. Uh, it it has changed. Mm. Uh, you know, I'll I'll be honest about that. I, I 
I was not super high on DeMar. Uh, I was high on other things, but not, not necessarily DeMar, uh, at the time of that signing. Um, but my God, he is playing like an MVP. And I mentioned, you know, I was at the game on Monday night. He was after that, uh, and one that we played at the beginning of this segment, he went to the line shot free throws. He was getting the MVP chance. It's not just Caruso. Oh, good. Yeah. I can't handle the, the, the Caruso stuff. I really can't, and I understand they're they're being ironic, but you know what? This is like I, I think it's kind of embarrassing that the crowd does that or did that. I don't know if they do anymore, but it's also got to be after a while embarrassing for Caruso and for the guys on the team that actually might have a chance to be MVP. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I get it. I'm sure he's it's not his first rodeo. He's a fan favorite, you know, and. Uh, um, you know, not his first rodeo in getting those chants. I'm pretty <laughs> right. sure he got them right. in L.A. as well. They loved him out there. It's- oh, yeah. No, no, I I, I understand. And, that, and that's all the more reason not to do it because it, that, that was a different fan base. And, like, there was this projection on him immediately from the Bulls fan base. Immediately. Like, oh, yeah, we've heard about this guy, the white guy with the headband and everybody loves him. It's a real gym rat, real lunch pail kind of yes, guy. Yes, and he's better than most of those guys, though, like the typical – Jim Rat, like like watching him play defense, he's one of those rare guys yeah, where it's like, holy Mac, like we can all see it. Yeah, he's a very good athlete, very, very smart. You see him out there, you know, barking out the defensive like uh positioning. I mean, he really, really kind of holds that down when the second unit is out. Oh yeah. And then he, you know, he hasn't been scoring as much recently, but the guy's got a nice shot and a pretty good offensive game and he knows what his offensive game is and he knows what it's not too and he actually had a pretty sweet dunk the other night too that made some uh did you guys jump up and down were you guys all like no actually that was uh that was the game prior oh uh, no definitely uh derrick jones jr though had a pretty sweet dunk he can hammer that made me fly they got some guys on their team that are just absolute hammers like more more dominic wilkins than michael jordan because i also thought that dominique had like a harder you know bang on the bass like pippen always had a hard bang on his on his dunks jordan didn't necessarily he did but that wasn't his thing like he wasn't a tomahawk guy a little more finesse a little more finesse a little more finesse and maybe like i should give jordan more ferocious i think is you know you think like a dwight howard dunk back in the day where it just like he's just bringing at Shaq, where they're just bringing everything down with them. When they dunk, everybody feels pain, like on the floor, in the stands, the rim, and it's just like, oh, like there's that it, reaction. It causes a visceral yes. reaction. Right, right. Whereas with some of the, the prettier dunkers, you don't feel that. You are just as much in awe um, and would probably prefer to have the Zach Levine prowess over the hard Duncan man. Uh, but it is true that that does that does exist. So, all right, last thing for you, Bong Callahan, in regards to the Bulls, 14-8 and eight right now. Is this about where, like, where do you think that they are going to stack up by the end of the season in terms of playoff positioning? Are they top four? Are they beyond that? Do you have a feel for that yet? I usually start to really get into these predictions after, like, Christmas. So, like, give me another, like, maybe six games, seven games uh, in it. I know that, you know, they've already played 22. Um, Have they surpassed my expectations? Yes. I I think that it is uh, very likely that they will 
you know, be around that like four, five, six seed there in the East. We'll we'll definitely see where the health is. If DeRozan is healthy, you know, Levine's had an illness. Uh, Vooch had COVID. I, I hope you know after Kobe White comes back, you don't have anybody else on that list. But you never really know at, at this point. Um, but yeah, and we'll we'll see what happens with Brooklyn. Milwaukee is a team that I feel like is just going to kind of coast through the season and yeah. really turn it on in the playoffs. Right. So oh, they are totally that team. But yeah. uh, yep. you know the Bulls they struggled against Miami. I mean the Heat got in the zone, and you know the the Bulls were missing shots. They kind of threw them off guard. And I mean, Miami is going to be a team that's up there as well. The Knicks, uh, Philly, we'll see what happens yeah. if they can actually yeah. unload Ben Simmons here oh, for man. something of value. So there's, there's still a lot of basketball to be played this season. Yeah, there is. And they are, they continue to be interesting. And sometimes that's, that's as much as we can, can ask for. Um, seven, seven, three text no offense, Grody, you are good. But just making a mistake this time, I think that you will be happy with Nick Madrigal. I never said I wouldn't be happy with Nick Madrigal. I just said the Cubs have a bunch of guys that, wow, do they have to evaluate and scout because you don't really, nobody knows what the finished product of Nick Madrigal is. We don't know, is. Is Patrick Wisdom a finished product, or was last year for real? Is Frank Schwindel that? Are these the, are the, do these late bloomers exist on the Cubs? Do we know if Nico Horner is good? Is is Rafael Ortega actually a guy you want to maybe keep on your bench? You don't think so, do you, Brian? Ah, I mean, I look. Last year was not great. Well, you it know, sucked. It was one of the yeah. worst years in Cubs history. So we'll, we'll see what the roster looks like after the work stoppage. But I did like what I saw out of wisdom. Ortega was good. Mills had a no hitter, but he's not going to be, you know, no, 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 no. The Mills no hitter was two years ago. It's still not going to be a cornerstone of your rotation. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not going to be. So yeah, it will, we'll get more, more into that in a little bit, but next we're going to talk about the the White Sox, Scott Merkin of MLB.com, all sorts of angst from White Sox fans. We'll get to it next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Having Leary around gives us all a little bit more peace of mind to be able to handle whatever situations arise next year. You know, he's proven his versatility. He's proven his... Uh, proficiency at a variety of different positions and then and availability you know he's only missed time I think once with that uh hand thing a thing with his thumb when he, he foolishly dove into first base don't don't do that at home um so that has a, that has a good deal of value and it, it gives us some peace of mind that we're able to cover some eventualities that inevitably arise over the course of the summer hey good for Lurie Garcia a three-year contract it's what White Sox general manager Rick Hahn was just discussing there but you certainly don't want that to be the the biggest part of your offseason if you are the White Sox. That is that is a, okay, that's fine. But God, please tell me there is more coming, you know, and, and that Lurie Garcia is not the second baseman that the White Sox are going to depend on for 145, 150 games next year. I think that, that that's how you should feel about Lurie Garcia because there's nothing wrong with 
Lurie Garcia, the utility player. We know he, we know he's imperfect, and but we also know he's had big hits and he's had some big moments with the White Sox. And the Sox are a good team, so why not have that that guy around? But there must be more beyond that. Welcome back into Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. I am Mark Grody here with you until nine o'clock tonight. We'll talk more Bears with Jim Schwantz in about thirty five minutes from now. That will be at eight o'clock. We'll also hear from Gary Fensick, eighty five Bear, talking about the twenty twenty. One Bears. Well, let's talk White Sox with Scott Merkin of MLB.com. He joins me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I ran into uh, Scott today in our shared neighborhood. We were talking about the White Sox, and I said, hey, why don't you just come on the radio, and I'll be damned if he didn't do it. Scott, thank you for coming on the air tonight. No problem. It's the first time I've ever been booked for a show while walking to Walgreens. So that that <laughs> you, uh, you 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 experience something new every day if you're around long enough, right? Oh yeah, then yeah. When I see you, you I'm either going to Bockwinkles or Walgreens or the sure. our our. I shouldn't tell people about our secret Target in the neighborhood. Yeah, that we, we don't want people to come. We we know the paparazzi are already out here already, <laughs> yeah, Mark. So we don't right, want any we don't right. want any more to join in. Do leave we? Our, leave our goods and services alone. Rest of the city of Chicago. Um, <laughs> Um, but but we were we were talking about the the White Sox and I know Lurie Garcia's name came up but I feel it already the angst from White Sox fans that early on here while they're hearing and seeing big names go places or heavy rumors to go places and the White Sox have done nothing splashy as of yet what do you say to those angsty White Sox fans who are mad right now. Well, you know, Rick, Rick Hahn today in the 25-minute Zoom session he had with us before what could potentially take place tonight, you know, used a line that, I don't want to say used a line, but employed a line that he has used before and admitted in the Zoom call that he has, and it usually is during the winter meetings when, you know, rumors come up and maybe on the last day and nothing goes down on that rumor and the Sox leave, and Rick always reminds people that, you know, you don't get any extra bonus points going into the season by getting all your moves done at the winter meetings. Like, I'll give you an example. Carlos Rodon last year mm-hmm. came back on February 1st to the White Sox, right? January 31st, yeah. February 1st, whatever day yeah. it became official. And he was arguably, when healthy, I mean, I think it's a no offense to Robbie Ray or Garrett Cole or Lance Lynn, but I think Carlos was the best pitcher in the American League when healthy last year, right? So, I mean, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter when you get it done as long as you feel like you make the best effort at getting done what you need to kind of improve the team. And, and let's, you know, not defending anyone, just speaking objectively, this is a really good baseball team as it is now. You know, I mean, it's a really good team. Now, granted, the Tigers have made some improvement, and they actually were a very good team after about the first month and a half last year themselves. So they've made strides forward. Cleveland always is going to have pitching. Kansas City's got a decent nucleus, but probably is a little ways away. And I don't think Minnesota is going to be nearly as bad as what they were last year. So, you know, it may not be the division that it was last year where they basically had it won as soon as Shane Bieber went on the injured list. But, I mean, that may be good for them, too. It may be good to have kind of, I don't want to say meaningful baseball because every game is meaningful, mm-hmm. but to be challenged like that. But I, I think they're still going to make moves. I think they're still looking at second. They're still looking at right field. They're still looking, you know, at pitching as a whole. And it just it may not be what every person desires, but it also is going to be the best fit for a really good team in place already. You used Carlos Rodon as an example of a late signing by the White Sox right. in the previous offseason. What are you hearing about 
Carlos Rodon. Is he linked to any teams, or have you heard any association between Rodon and the White Sox? You know, I, I, I know the White Sox, you know, like Rodon, and the White Sox handled Rodon tremendously last year. You know, Rodon, I think, only made six starts last year, if the baseball reference page is to be believed, and it usually is, where he pitched on regular rest. Everything else was extended rest. So they, you know, I don't say took care of him, but they kind of watched out for him. How about they figured out a plan that worked best for him last year? Because this is a guy who, by his own admission, has dealt with injuries throughout his, you know, his whole career. So they, they really got the best out of him. So I, I think there's still interest there, and Rick Hahn made that point clear when they didn't offer him a qualifying offer that you know they still would like to bring him back. I just think they weren't going to commit to what it was $18.4 million for one year with a qualifying offer in, in, in case that Carlos and his camp accepted that offer. So I think they're still in there, but I, you know, who would not want a left-hander of his ability, assuming you believe that you know the end of the season where after July 18th, he did not pitch more than five innings or 89 pitches in any of the games. Still was very effective. I mean, the game against the Reds near the end of the year where we all talked about his velocity dropping, I think he still allowed one hit in five innings and struck out six or seven during that time. So, you know, a very effective pitcher. But assuming that, you know, you, you look at that and say, well, okay, he threw 132 and two-thirds innings last year, and the two years combined before that, he yes. threw 42 and a third. Yeah. So that's just naturally going to be sore, right? You're naturally when you increase. It's kind of like, you know, if you don't jog for a while and then you go out and run 10 miles, well, you're going to feel it the next day. Oh, yeah. That's just going to happen, you know? So, I mean, I, I think a lot of teams are going to be interested in this guy. And just because, you know, there may be a lockout at some point today or tomorrow morning announced, it doesn't mean the process is over. You know, this is going to get settled, I fully believe, hopefully in an expedient time. And it's going to be back to work again. And teams have already started working. You know, I know Rick Hahn today said that, you know, if it's two weeks before the start of the season, they're ready. They know what they want to do, and they're ready to go after if that's what ends up happening. Hey, speaking of the lockout, so it, if it does, I mean, it probably will happen tonight when the, the clock strikes midnight tonight in Chicago. The owners will have locked out the, the players. What does it mean in terms of, like, negotiating and signing? Do they have to stop? Are all talks off temporarily, or how does that work? Yeah, I believe it's anyone who is part of the union or on the 40-man. And now, remember, I am not extremely well versed in this. I have not, you know, there are reporters who are strictly covering <laughs> right, just right. the union, ram, you know, the, the the negotiations, ramifications, and everything else. But from what I understand, it's I think it's you know it's it's mostly it's you can still talk between teams, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of trade, yeah. but nothing can happen until it's it's settled for okay. anyone on the forty man. All right, but as, I, I'll use a quote from Rick today. And that, you know, there are people who are better versed in that than me to talk about it, so I'll leave it, leave it to them on that. <laughs> I, I'm just hoping that, you know, both sides kind of come to an agreement sooner than later to get this settled and, you know, get back to get back to action if it does happen tonight. Amen, man, because all that other stuff is just crap and headache and, and like, <laughs> noise. As, as the players always talk about us, it's just noise, man. To me, that stuff is all just noise. I can't stand it, but we, we have to report it, we have to talk about it, and we, we certainly will. Talking to Scott Merkin, covers the White Sox for MLB.com. I'm Mark Rohde on the score. What about Craig Kimbrell? Where do things stand with him and the White Sox? Well, you know, Rick, uh, commented today and his commentary was pretty much like his last time I wasn't at the general managers meetings but the last time I was talking with him which was on the I guess the postseason zoom that he did about three weeks maybe after they were eliminated by Houston yeah and that you know he said that you know there's a place for him in that bullpen he said but you know the way they used him last year obviously did not work 
So they'd have to look at, you know, different ways to deploy him this year. But he also said that a pitcher like that, there would be interest in, and they'd have to, you know, do their due diligence. I'm throwing the due diligence part in there <laughs> to, um, you know, to see if there was a move that fit. And I, I still believe that, you know, Liam Hendricks is the closer. Liam Hendricks probably is the best closer in baseball right now, right? I mean, although Craig Kimbrell with the Cubs was ridiculous. His yeah. numbers were video game good with the Cubs, you know, during the first half yes. of this year. Yeah. But I would say Liam Hendricks is – so I don't think you're going to move Liam Hendricks out of the closer's role. I think in deference to Craig Kimbrell and the White Sox overall, they're going to look to move him and put him in a situation where he can be a full-time closer, where that is – you know, I, I don't think it's that he can't work in the eighth inning or can't work in the seventh inning or can't work in the sixth inning. I think he's just kind of – of the mindset and kind of train himself over the years that he is a closer, you know? So I think you, I think there's a market for him, even though he did struggle with the white Sox and didn't pitch great in the playoffs. I think there'll be a market for teams that, you know, won closers. And Rick did say today that, you know, one of the things that has been slower, you know, leading into this potential lockout is the trade market. You know, there's been much more movement on free agency versus the trade market. So Hmm. that may be something that's explored more, you know, on, you know, after this is all settled and, you know, no, we didn't really, kind of cross-examine Rick when he talked about the different deployment of Kimbrell next year. But I think hmm. that would be something that you do more if he actually is part of the team, if he's, you know, if he's still an integral part of that bullpen next year. And, you know, right now they have, you know, Hendricks is closer. You have Kendall Graveman down there, which is a really nice addition. He pitched very well last year, you know, really in his first full season as a reliever for Houston and Seattle, a good clubhouse guy too, from everyone I've talked to. You know, Aaron Bummer, same thing. Great short reliever, great uh, a great high leverage guy, great clubhouse guy. Garrett Crochet, you know, uh, now in his kind of third season in the majors, even though he really has he's only pitched like one full one. So you have some good arms down there, and I don't think they're done adding down there either. I think there'll be more guys brought in. So even if let's say Kimbrough's not part of that, you have a pretty good nucleus down in that bullpen. Last guy I want to ask you about, Scott, is Dallas Keuchel. Are the Sox just assuming that last year was uncharacteristic and he had a bad year and he'll be fine this year and the Sox shouldn't have to worry about Dallas Keuchel at the bottom of the rotation? Yeah, well, you know, when you're pushing for a World Series title, you know, this is not just like, hey, we got to the playoffs, that's kind of cool. You know, this is not Chicago baseball maybe in the – well, I guess never was. But, I mean, there was a time where neither team in the city were going to the playoffs quite a bit. And you got there, and it was kind of like, well, that's a cool experience. Now, for I think for both sides, although the Cubs are in a different position right now, they want to win a World Series. So I don't think you assume anything, but I think you can look back to one year before that where the guy finished, what, fifth or sixth in the Cy Young voting, right? Yeah. And had a 1.99 ERA, and albeit 12 starts in the pandemic-shortened season. But, you know, I think they're counting on him for innings right now. I think they're counting on him to give them quality innings. And, you know, they have a good rotation there, you know, as it is right now. You have, what, Giolito, Lynn, Cease. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keuchel Kopech. and uh, <laughs> Kopech, you know, now Kopech will be on an innings limit, but he's coming up too. And then, you know, Ronaldo Lopez was tendered a contract too. So another guy who can work in there too. So it's a good group overall, even without Rodon, who was a huge part of that team last year. But, you know, I mean, and I think Rick makes a good point. You know, they were not good in the playoffs. Not one starter got through five innings in the Houston series, but it's kind of hard to throw away everything they did where they were one of the top two or three rotations in baseball all season just because they struggled against Houston, you know? So yeah, I think you have right. to look at the big picture <laughs> on that and realize that they do have a, a talented group in that rotation. And, you know, there's always room to improve. And as Rick pointed out, they're going to make the moves now, but that improvement could come within the season as well, too. You know, there's, there's never a time where you can walk away and say, okay, we're done making improvements. There's always a chance to get better. 
Amen. That is absolutely true. And uh, for people listening, when I ran into to Scott today, the, the only concern that he had in coming on the radio with me tonight was Michigan basketball. You don't have your hands full enough right now with the football. You're worried about some regular season Michigan basketball team, Merkin? Yeah, I just came back from Las Vegas where I watched them play uh, two games out there at the T-Mobile Arena, a very nice arena, by the way. Where they played uh, UNLV and one, and then Arizona and got uh, boat race to quote it. Use a Jake Peavy made up verb there. I think. <laughs> oh, is that was that and his? Because everybody uses that still. But go on. He used that all the time. That's he used awesome. J- Jake, great guy, used that all the time. But and tonight they're at North Carolina, so that's going to be a tough one too. Okay. But yeah, the focus is this Saturday. Great yes. win for everyone who went to Michigan, and of course the players and the coaches over Ohio State. But now you want to follow it up and win the Big Ten on top of that on Saturday night. All right, well, go watch your hoops. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on, man. Okay, Mark. Take care. All right, that is uh, Scott Merkin of MLB.com. He, he covers the White Sox for a living. Um, so the, the Marcus Stroman deal is official. Let's keep talking Cubs and White Sox. Something on Michael Kopech on the Sox side. And then I will. I want to hear what you guys think about Craig Kimbrell because I think he'd look good in either the Cubs or the Sox um, side of town. 312-644-6767. Grody on the score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. I, I think I'm going to leave the overall labor stuff to people at the league. Obviously, we're just focused on making the White Sox better. Uh, I will say that there's probably only a few of us on the Zoom, you and me included, Bruce, who you know remember what it was like back in the 80s and 90s. And uh, obviously, it's been a multi-decade run with labor peace, which has been incredible and a testament to both sides being able to get something done. Um, and I think everyone remains hopeful that at some point there'll be an agreement that doesn't impact the 2022 season. Fear the lockout. It's coming. Tick tock. When the clock strikes midnight, I had to think about what I was going to say there. When the clock strikes midnight, the owners will lock out the Cubs and they'll have to be unlocked. Or the, the owners will lock out the players, and yes, they will hinder things. And hopefully <laughs> the the inevitable or seemingly inevitable doesn't happen, and that is games are missed, um, months are missed, half the season is missed. That's the, the – well, the worst-case scenario is the entire season gets deleted. So you hope that there's been enough time – for both sides to have thought about this and how bad it's going to be and to think about how they are going to be able to to make this better and to make it go away. They've had they've had a year to think about this. So, you know, figure it out cuz I don't want to have to talk about a lockout and all that comes with it. Like that is we have to talk about it. But man, it is just boring and not something that I really um, would look forward to having to deal with for any kind of a long time. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score 312-644-6767. We're having a good time talking baseball tonight. And the, the Cubs deal with Marcus Stroman is, is now official. This is still a very valuable starter. Um, I'm waiting to see. Did we figure it out, Brian? The 
how much he is. I think it's a three-year deal or a four-year deal. So Jeff Passan tweeted, Marcus Stroman signed a three-year, $71 million contract with the Cubs that includes an opt-out after the second season. Uh, he'll make $25 million in 2022, $25 million in 2023, and $21 million in 2024. Very good. You know, this is a 3.6 war player. He was last year at an ERA of 302, 10-13. If you do like to look at personal records for these guys, you know, brings in a strong right-handed addition to your starting rotation. A good I applaud. Yes. I applaud what the Cubs have done today. And it's been a while since and I've been able to say that, as it was the coincidentally, the U Darvish trading at about this time last year that threw the entire season for the Cubs into a tailspin, even if they had kept the big three core guys. That's what the Cubs told you. The Cubs told you at the beginning of the year last year that they were not probably not going to win because when you eliminate one of the best pitchers in baseball and you leave it with what they left it there with, you weren't ever going to go to the playoffs. Even if, like I said, even if they had not traded those three guys, when you have a pitching staff like that, you, you still, you're not going to make it to the postseason. And that was exactly what the case was going to be for the Cubs. So to start a season, I didn't get too excited about the Wade Miley signing. But I think that something like this, Marcus Stroman, that feels that feels pretty good. That feels like a win. Like you could call him a guy who is just a credible starter in in the league or an innings eater or any of that. But no, he's a guy that you you can win in part because of for sure. So I think that that's a good thing for the Cubs. And while we're at it, let's get a little taste. Let's get a little taste because I am told that Marcus Stroman just had his press conference and Brian now I'm I'm itching to hear a little bit from Mark Marcus Stroman let's hear some Marcus how did this all come about what was your reasoning for signing with the Cubs yeah it was a bit of a whirlwind to be honest since last night um I'm someone who I, I was trying to stay out of it as much as possible obviously letting my agent kind of do most of the work and he came to me last night and, and said the Cubs obviously the Cubs the franchise the history the tradition here it's one of the the best um, franchises in all of sports, you know what I mean, and, and fan bases as well. So it's extremely appealing to me. It sells out every single night to pitch in front of that electric crowd. It's something that kind of draws me. So once he told me Cubs were in play, I, I was my, my my senses were kind of heightened because I knew how much I would love pitching in Chicago and pitching in Wrigley. And thankfully, they were able to to, to work the deal out. And I, I kind of sprinted to LAX, like literally sprinted to LAX and got on the <laughs> I got on the last flight here. Um, and I made it. I made it here because if I didn't make that flight, the, the deal possibly couldn't have happened. So thank, thankfully, I made the flight. <laughs> Can you t- tell us about your day here in Chicago and just going through that uh, facility and uh, what your thoughts were, please? Yeah, the day has been it's been a lot. I haven't slept yet, but um, obviously going through all the physicals, MRIs, going through that whole protocol, um, making sure everything checks out there. That That was honestly the majority of the day. And then in the past probably hour and a half, two hours. I just got over here to Wrigley, um, pretty much just got the whole walkthrough, um, met with Jed, met with all the front office people and just been kind of here kicking it um, for a bit. So still trying to settle in and, and, and transition, but, but the city's been incredibly welcoming on socials and, and I'm excited. Like I'm excited. This fan base is incredible. So I, I can't wait to pitch here. So would you, would you say it, it did all come about really fast? I mean, 
Were you talking to the Cubs seriously before last night? It came really fast. Um, like I said, I wasn't in much of the conversations. I, I, I told, kind of told my agent I didn't want to be involved until it got to a point where I kind of needed to be involved. And, yeah, it happened fast. Like, he, he pretty much called and said that the Cubs were extremely interested and we were kind of just going to try and work through it. And if we could work something out and get something done, that would be awesome. And, and we were able to get something done before, before the lockout. So I'm extremely thankful. So that is a little bit of Marcus Stroman tonight, the the newest Chicago Cub getting a deal done, a three hundred two ERA last year for Stroman. So that you know that, that is a straight up good addition to the Cubs starting rotation, and it's fun to start to think about manifestations of it. But now now we look to see if as you know the only way to really get an idea of what team is doing or thinking about for their year is by whom they sign. I think that's a nice start in terms of figuring out what the Cubs want to do this year but they're they're like if they want to compete there is going to have to be more despite the fact that you had some guys that did some good things towards the end of of last year but right now it is for sure starters for the Cubs at this point the only ones I will say will be Kyle Hendricks and Marcus Stroman I guess Wade Miley but I don't know I Edward Alzai, nah, nah. Um, Justin Steele, intriguing. Um, who was the other guy? The other guy that got a bunch of starts at the end of last year, another rookie or second-year player with the Cubs. But, yeah, it, he was like Justin. It was it was all these guys jockeying last year for that fifth spot. Now everything changes with the signings of Marcus Stroman and and Wade Miley. It does feel better. A good start, a better start this year than last year. Let's go to Bob in Montgomery. Bob, thanks for waiting. You're on the score. What's going on, man? Well, Mr. Grody, hello. I hello, haven't Bob. had the opportunity to catch up with you, but normally when I reach out, it's overnight. Oh. But I felt that very much compelled that I had to come on now. Well, Bob, let's do it. What you got? Well, it has to do with Mr. Kimbrell. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm a, a Sox fan, and as I saw last year, uh, even people who are on their deathbed have a good day. And I think that's pretty much how Kimbrell was last <laughs> year. Okay. And, was, you know, and really, I guess I'm complimenting the, the Cubs for taking advantage of the moment for Kimbrell to get him out of town because that's exactly what they needed to do. He's long past his prime. But with that being said, I never envisioned that the Sox would pick him up. <laughs> and <laughs> that night I called Les. And I was like, I can't believe they did it. They're gonna, it's gonna ruin their chances. And I proved to be right on it. It was like, you know, I, oh I don't. Lord. I gotta be honest with you, Bob. I don't know how you could have foreseen that. He was so good with the Cubs in the ninth, and he looked like he had returned to greatness, which is a word you can use to associate to his name. So, Bob, how did you know? It's true, Bob. How did well, you know? I didn't know. I- I didn't know. I've just never been a Kimbrel fan, and it's oh. one of those things. Li- li- listening to the Ganks Cubs games because it's what are on when I'm driving I all you. night. Yes. You know, so I listen to them, and you know, I'll be you know hearing the games, and then they'll bring Kimbrel in, and I'll be like, oh my goodness, he's going to lose it. <laughs> oh you know? man! Every, like I just you know sometimes he gets 
you get lucky and you pick the right side of the coin a lot with him. What did what know? did Grober say when you would say did he was he with you on that or did he had he had it with uh, you? No, I think he he listened to the point and you know I think he was a bit open minded on it and uh, I okay. think leaned towards the, the general wisdom that it might be a good thing. Uh, I mean, it's been a year, so I don't remember it clearly okay. except. You know, okay, so he didn't tell you to go suck an egg or go jump in a right, lake or right. anything like that. Okay, okay, right. all right. Because I, you know, been on other issues like with Leno and other things with him. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, there are other issues. Yes, yeah. Bob, thank you so much so, for the call. I pre- okay, Bob. Problem. So yes, I get it. You you foresaw that Craig Kimbrell was going to be a disaster <laughs> yeah. with the White Sox. I'm just asking. Please stop. Don't don't okay. invite him back. Okay, I got you, Bob. <laughs> I got gotcha. you, and, and thanks for the call. See you, Bob. He 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 was a disaster with the the White Sox, a straight up absolute disaster. But except for Bob, the rest of you definitely were down with Craig Kimbrell pitching on the south side of Chicago, and you didn't think he was going to suck in innings other than the ninth because it's stupid that he sucks. There's no reason for him to suck in the seventh or eighth innings. The, the, the adrenaline, give me a break. Get out of here. I don't know, Mark. The Bobs always know. The bo- <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. And I, yeah, I don't, I, I, how about this? This is, this is good. I actually feel honored that Grobber's callers are dripping into my shows in the evening now because they know. Here's why. And now I'm going to bring it back to I am a good guy because I make Grobber sort of pleasing to the masses, and I he, he knows that I like him and that it is, it is legitimate and it is real. And that people that listen to Grobber feel comfortable with me, too. That's what it is. That's what I was trying to get to. The same people that are comfortable with Les Grobstein are comfortable with me. Not because Les and I are that similar necessarily, but we vibe on a, on, a, on a certain level that no other two people, at despite all of the great shows, there are no other two other people that vibe as well as Grobber and I do. Right? I mean, you guys have a very special, deep connection. Yes. I, you, you make him, I mean, he's a palatable grobber, and you you do that to him. Yeah, absolutely. And really, the majority of our conversations are pleasant. They really are. Um, it's just every once in a while, we get tangled up, and grobber is very loyal to his opinions. That That's the way I would describe him, loyal to his opinions. And he will not budge. So when you get tangled up in the grobber web, you're you're in trouble, and you best be ready to be confrontational, even if it's four thirty in the morning. So, so love grobber. He he is the best. There is no better. Coming up next, let's talk bears with somebody who is part of the bears broadcast on WBBM. He is a former Bears player. He's a former Dallas Cowboys player, former linebacker. Jim Schwantz will join the show next to talk about the Bears. I'm Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.